best place to start is how have you been passing the time since Rogers decided to be ruthless, for lack of better terms? Ruthless, eh? Why do you say ruthless? What's your reasoning for saying ruthless? I just feel like they're out of touch with the listeners, man. They've, they broke a lot of hearts letting yeah. you and Sheldon go. You know, there's, there was such a, a regular presence. You, Rick, and Sheldon just created this team. And uh, I, I know just speaking on my behalf, my friends, my family, it, it was heartbreaking hearing you guys off the air. And it just seemed really sudden. Um, you guys both went out with, with dignity. I just felt like mm-hmm. it was kind of quick and sudden. And I felt like it should have been a little more yeah. dignifying, for lack of better terms. So how have you been passing the time, I suppose, is, is, is the lead off of that. Well, I guess, I mean, I guess I'll just address that. That's the way that these things always go, man. They're, they're never, they're always, you never get a warning, right? As a matter of fact, it could have been much different. Sometimes you get, the last time I was blown out of talk radio and everybody who's been in, in the media has gone through these things. It's not uncommon. The last time I get blown out of radio, you, you get no cho- you get no time to know what's going on. So the fact that I had an opportunity to wrap up a couple of shows and kind of have the guests on that I wanted to have on to have the callers on that I wanted to have on, I think was, was good. I like that. So I don't think the company did that because they wanted to do that for my sake. I think they were just putting programming in place. So to your broader question, obviously when, when these things happen, it's a, it's a blow. It's never easy to lose a job of any kind, but in particular, when you're doing something that you're passionate about, you're interacting with the public. So what I've done is, is I've, I've kind of stayed busy and I'm podcasting. I'm launching a podcast. Uh, I've already launched one episode. They're going to be uh, released into December, uh, one a week into December with a full launch in January. I've got a fantastic sponsor lined up. Actually, I've got two sponsors. I've got a show. One of the sponsors reached out to me, and uh, he was actually going to uh, advertise with News 95.7 uh, and, and had a big, he, was a, he owns a, a fuel company. And uh, he reached out to me because he really liked the show. And uh, so I've created some partnerships already. I'm doing some freelance work. I've actually had a couple of job op- job offers at this point already. Uh, but I've uh, I, it's not something that exactly what I want to do. Now, I want to build a business. I want to build, I don't want to call it particularly a media business, but I want to podcast full-time, I believe, with the traction that, that I've built in the city, with the contacts that I have, with the outreach on social media, with the way that podcasting is going now with my brand, people trust me, the contacts that I have. I really feel there's an opportunity for me at this point uh, to do to live the dream, and that is to continue to build and, and build my media company and to podcast, and, and this is what I'm doing. So I've been full, full head first into this. This is how I've been spending my time. I've been saying to everybody, I was super ecstatic to hear that you were bringing the show back because weekends suck, whether yeah. it's music, podcasts, television, movies, even in some cases, television shows, you just have a, a regularity to your life. Some people wake up in the morning and have a cigarette. I used to wake up and listen to you, Todd Vino. So I guess- How much of the show would you listen to? How much of the show would you listen to? Uh, honestly, I would be up or... almost when it's on. I'll roll one up in the car yeah. and, uh, and then just go for a yeah. walk while I sure, have- Sure, it's your show. Go for it. Yeah. Did you ever, uh, you must have had times when you vehemently disagreed with what you were hearing, right? Obviously. Not on your show compared to Rick, uh, for example. And I used to love <laughs> when you were on Rick's show because you used to speak more for how I was feeling on certain topics. And, and, and yeah. I thought that's what I loved about yeah. your show, you know, through the week, not that Rick and Sheldon were restricted, but I felt like on the weekends you had a little bit more freedom and a little bit more openness with yeah. your show. So uh, I guess that'll lead into perfectly into the next question. Just talk about working at News 95.7. And, uh, you know, you were there for two years. 
a little longer than two years? Yeah, a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah over two years. But I had, I had worked for Rogers uh, at uh, a couple of radio green brand stations in New Brunswick prior to that. So I had worked for Rogers. I was on 95.7 for years before that. Uh, but a couple of points. First off, Rick and Sheldon have that freedom and flexibility if they wanted to choose it as well, right? They choose not to. It's not because it's the weekend or whatever. Uh, secondly, I'm going to be fair. continue to do with the face off. I'm just going to keep doing the face off with Rick on Fridays. So he asked me to do that. So I'm going to continue to take him to task. Uh, so, so working at 95.7, <laughs> working at News 95.7, it was a great opportunity for me to really uh, – to build my brand, to get a lot of people to be, have this conversation I'm having tonight. Uh, I, the people I worked with were all great. I enjoyed working with Rick. I enjoyed working with Sheldon. Uh, it, was, it was great. It was a great platform. I wish it would have continued, but I've got no regrets and nothing bad to say about the experience in general. The company, I think, definitely made a mistake. They spent tens of millions and millions of dollars over the last 15, 16 years building that radio station. And, and keep building the goodwill that they had in the community. They were making money uh, prior to the pandemic, and I think that they should have stuck it out, but they decided not to. But the people I worked with were fantastic. It was uh, a great experience. I had some good producers. I think it was uh, overall, I have, I have nothing but good things to say about the people that I worked with for sure. But what got you into journalism? I, I kind of downplay the podcast boom, if you will. I think it, it has some legs and it has some... Uh, momentum, but I also think that there's a lot of people who call themselves journalists that aren't quite there yet. Um, but I guess, like for yeah. yourself, like you're a full blown journalist. You've been doing this in, in media for ten years, at least. I think it was. Yeah, more than ten years. I've been twenty years at it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I've been I've been working in journalism. I've worked in all aspects. I I, I took a, that's what I studied in in, in college. Uh, I studied. I worked in print. I've worked in radio. I've been a news director. I've been a reporter. I've been a producer. I've been an anchor. I've been a host. I've been worked in television. I've been a video journalist. So uh, I've covered it all. I've done it all. It's it's been a great ride. It's been a great experience. And some people suggest that, or some have asked that I go back to television. Perhaps there are opportunities to work in video. To me, there's nothing that can replace a long form conversation having dialogue with people, being able to interact with people, getting people thinking. This is why talk radio is so near and dear to me. I've, I don't know that I want to just go back to reporting. Not that there's anything, not to take away from the importance uh, of, and the role of, of good journalism and doing good work because there's not enough of that. But to me, what really kind of gets me, my juices flowing, I guess, would be the long form conversation, getting reactions out of people knowing that uh, people have a say, they feel listened to, they feel validated. And you don't really get that out of uh, being a print reporter or a video journalist or, or just a typical radio broadcast journalist. So what you're doing actually in the format that you're doing it, even though you downplay what you're doing, is actually very impactful. It is. You're, you're having conversations with people. You're allowing people to express themselves. Uh, you're, they're talking about topics that's open for discourse. And, and if people are consuming that, man, that's, don't, don't discount that. That's an important part of the, of the process. Well, I appreciate that, man. That means a ton coming from you. And, and I'm not even ask kissing. You're an inspiration to me. And it's because of, you said it, you, you kind of carry on a long form style on a radio show. Sometimes you'll be talking, they'll go to commercial and then you'll just continue more monologue almost sometimes. It's not that you don't have a guest on the show. It's that you have something to say and you want to say it. And I've always appreciated that about you. Were you like that when you were young and that, that kind of inspired you to get into radio or did it kind of come with radio? 
Uh, well, one thing that I've learned that is that when people listen to talk radio, they want to hear an opinion. They want to hear an informed and informed opinion. People want to hear what they what they already agree with as well. But sometimes you want to push people to hear things that they don't necessarily agree with. But people want an opinion, whether it be on and they want to hear a different perspective. So, for example, COVID nineteen. This is something that we talked about. Now there's a mandatory vaccine that they're talking about, and in England and in the UK they're now saying that they're going to create zones where you need to have like a passport vaccine vaccine passport. So if you want to travel from here and there, and, and, and there's all types of angles to that. Rick and, and others would go, well, public health, that's worth doing. We should do it. I think civil liberties needs to be considered. We need to consider all kinds of different things. I could speak to that for 10, 15 minutes, bringing up all the reasons why there's, I can see there's advantages to it, but hey, there's other aspects to it that we need to consider. Even Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump is is obviously the most polarizing figure uh, that I can remember in, in in modern history, but Donald Trump still had some decent ideas. He still what everything he did was not horrendous. Now he gets painted with the brush because of his bombastic ways, the way that he goes about his business, the way things that he says he hurts himself. But Trump is is not imperfect, just like Joe Biden is not perfect. Joe Biden has plenty of problems too. So. I like to discuss issues on a broader scale and look at things from just not one di- one dimensional. I don't like to be completely predictable, I guess. So I don't mind being a little controversial. Slip this one right in here. Are you okay. a conservative, a liberal, or are you in the middle? Because you've done a really good job, I think, keeping yeah. your political affiliations, if you have any, to yourself while staying yeah. kind of central with your opinion. So um, if you want to share, uh, what does Todd Vino yeah. Declare Todd Vino. Yeah. I'm a centrist, man. I'm a centrist right down the middle, leaning fiscally right, conservative, and socially completely left. When it comes to I'm pro-choice, completely, I think men and women certainly have have their choice to live how they want to live. Their, I would never get in the affairs of people in their own bedrooms, all the social issues, totally. Uh, but when it comes to the, to, to the finances, I do believe in social safety nets. I do believe in social programs. But I think far, far too often we are we we completely dismiss fiscal prudency and the need to have our fiscal house in order, personally and as governments. And I, I think that you could describe me as a centrist, leaning certainly center right fiscally, and 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 left on social issues, race, immigration. I go right down the list on all the social issues. I'm completely I'm completely left of center. That all said. Political correctness, I, I do think that there's a limit to political correctness, right? I think that that can go way too far. Uh, I'm not a, uh, I, there, there's a, a woke culture that we talk about. I think some people, some people make too much of an effort to try and appear as though they're, they're, they're a champion of social issues. I think sometimes that's making up for something in their own world that they, you know, you can overdo it as well, right? So I think that again, there's always other like like police, for example, uh, and and the Black Lives Matter issues and all of that. I mean, I have to- I see total relevance and 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 the movement itself. I I support, but there are extreme elements to to the to the movement, defunding police and police can get targeted unfairly too often. Now, a good pers- uh, too many of them have had lots of issues. I'm not taking away from any of the any of the things that people have gone through, circumstances people have gone through. And I do believe in the Wortley Report and all these things. 
But I think too far off, too often people can get into this idea that all police are bad. Let's take away their funding. Let's abolish police. It's like, whoa, okay, let's actually look at this issue. And let's look at these people as individuals and the actual job that they have. And so I don't defend blankly, blindly police, but I'm not going to pile on and condemn police as well. I, I, I'm not a fan of a broad brush. So, so when it comes to politics, I'm not partisan at all. I would never, ever blindly support one political rep one particular uh, stripe, ever. Uh, I take it issue by issue. I don't like Justin Trudeau, not because he's a liberal, just because I think he's a horrible prime minister who's got some decent things going on, but I just think he's hard, just, I do not like the guy. Now, uh, I, I wasn't a fan of Stephen Harper either. So it's, I, I'm, I have no partisanship, no political ax to grind at all. So how do you balance that on the air? Because I know you've had callers that probably call you and drive you crazy. And I've heard you put a few in their place over the years, but you guys, all three of you really gain yeah. a, a good respectful balance where you allow a caller to get what they want to say out. So I don't really want to call it a skill, but it is really, truly a skill. Where did you kind of, I guess, develop that balance? Or it was, is it just yeah. something that's kind of come naturally for you? Well, when you start out in the business and talk radio in particular, you can get yourself in some trouble. And I did uh, just because you just, you don't realize how badly things can devolve and you can slip, things can slip out of your mouth that shouldn't, you shouldn't say you can really, so you, you learn over the years to not be guarded, but you learn that there are limitations and things you can say that all said, I just think that if you state a good case and you're honest uh, with people and you're not spinning it and you say, look, you, you, people have claimed that I'm a conservative, that I get that for the most part. People say, oh, you're conservative. I'll explain to them what I just told you, exactly what I told you. Sometimes they won't believe you. They'll still label you a conservative, but that's okay. It doesn't matter because in the end, I'll say, this is who I am. This is what I am. This is why I feel this way. These are the examples. These are the issues that I lean right. These are the issues that I lean left. You can take that for what you will. Some people just will never listen to what you have to say. But I think for the most part, people want to be listened to and they want to be validated and they'll give you the time of day to listen to what you have to say. But all you can do is just continue to, to be honest with people as best you can, be earnest, and uh, in the end, let chips fall where they may. Well said. So, I mean, back to your podcast, you did a soft reboot. What's the differences between now and when you first started doing the Todd Vino show as a podcast? Because the boom happened more or less when COVID started. How do you kind of, I suppose, slip into this yeah. new ocean that's podcasting? Yeah, I think what your question is, is how do you cut through the noise? Because there's so many people podcasting, right? Uh, how do you cut through the noise? Well, I have an advantage in that I did a radio show in Halifax for uh, in a couple of years and people know me. I have a, a pretty big social media presence as well. Not the biggest. I'm not suggesting that I'm the biggest fish around and, and anything, but I, I do have uh, a launching, a jumping off point, I guess is what I have. And I think that there's still a lot of people out there who, who want to get somebody, somebody's opinion that they can trust. They want to hear good, solid journalism, good, solid interviews, something that they believe in and they'll consume it online in a way that five years ago when I was podcasting, it wasn't as familiar, right? If you ask a hundred people now, what's a podcast as opposed to five years ago, you're going to get a lot more people who know and are comfortable. They're comfortable that they can get it on iTunes and Google play and, and uh, Spotify and Stitcher and all these various ways and all the apps. So I just think that I'm much better positioned to make the podcast a success. 
And when you're doing it alone, uh, you, you're lean and mean. You, your revenue stream can be much smaller than typical broadcasting. In order for a radio station to make money, they need billings every month. They need enormous amounts of money to come in the door, right? Whereas myself, I can, I can sustain myself on much less than that. And I can give my sponsors and the, uh, a much bigger impact for a smaller sample size. Because people who are listening to the podcast, they get their headphones on, they're tuned in, they're listening to me read the, hey, Todd Vino Show is brought to you by, and the sponsor that, and I'm actually voicing it and reading it, and it's very personal. And that's, to me, has got more impact than 500 plays on Q104 in the morning show, some hit. Uh, now, I guess empirically, we'll see how it all goes, right? In the end, I have to deliver. It's like anything. I've got a sponsor. I've got a couple of sponsors, but in the end, after three or four months, if people aren't banging on their door and giving them phone calls to some degree saying, I heard you on the Todd Vino show podcast, then they're done. It's not going to last. Right? So it's not about even the volume of numbers that matters, the amount of listens, the amount of likes, the amount of hits. It's how your client gets business or not from what we do. That's what it all comes down to. And that's why you want to be targeted. You want to be focused. You want to have the right client. And quite honestly, that's why talk radio has been successful until the pandemic, because talk radio numbers are much lower than radio state than music stations generally are uh, when it comes to ratings. But the quality of the listener and often of the, the consumer is much different than somebody listening on radio on a music radio. Yeah, it's more engaging. So like the actual sponsor kind of blends into the show more. You Not to say it deceives the listener, but you're not changing to another station when there's a commercial, which is why most music stations just run like 40 minutes of music straight sometimes because they've got ad blocks. Exactly. Obviously, they have to pay bills, but it's a good way to keep listeners yeah. engaged. And, and you guys obviously yeah. at 95.7 did an incredible job. Um, I don't know if you have any information on their format switches. I know currently they're just replaying Rick and I love the man to death, but God, it's annoying. Um, do you have, yeah, any who's going to listen to that in the afternoon? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I love the man, but he's, yeah, he's got yeah. the morning voice, the morning topics, the morning concept. So yeah. um, do you have yeah. any information? I mean, I know on the way out, they may have said something, a word or two on, on where the station's going in the future, or is it a mystery to you and to everybody at this point? Oh yeah. I have no clue what they're going to do with it. I, I could speculate, you know, who knows? I don't know. Maybe they'll survive the pandemic and, and rebuild it. Maybe they'll call Todd Vino back. Who knows? Maybe I won't accept their call. Who knows? It looks to me that net right now though, like I said, they've put tens of millions, countless millions of dollars over the last 15, 16 years building that radio station and all of the goodwill that they put in during Dorian, during the pandemic, during port pick we were on the air. There were elections. I mean, we just did everything we could possibly do to service this community and to put the company in good standing in the community. We did everything we could. So for somebody in Toronto to say, we're going to toss all that away because we want to save a few hundred thousand dollars this accounting year. I just, I, it makes no sense to me and I'll, I'll never profess that it, that it should. So I don't know what the plans are. I, I really, really don't know. Who knows? That was my next question, actually. It was just literally the last year. Like, it's been just over a year since that federal election. And what a year for news. And like I said, you guys were the voice. You guys, the, I, I like that you mentioned Hurricane Dorian because I actually mentioned to a lot of people, uh, not to discredit your performance, but Sheldon specifically during Hurricane Dorian was some of the most incredible radio I've ever listened to in my entire life. These are yeah. the things, like you said, the big wigs in Toronto, they're not here 
listening to that. When our power was out, I was streaming it on my phone and, and Sheldon was literally the voice that me and my grandfather had when we had no power for three days. You know, the, these are yeah. these are the messages that the money makers and the money spinners don't understand and don't get. And, and I echo you yeah. a million times over, you know, I think Rogers made an incredible mistake. And I hope as the world slowly gets back to normal, they do reconsider because uh, both you and Sheldon and the staff behind the board, you know, that, that have been let go, just an incredible team, man. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, yeah. it broke my heart when I heard the news. Um, I don't want you to relive it, but how did you find out? Like, were you given a heads up or like, I guess this, we've talked about this at the beginning of the show, but you, you said it was sudden. Mm -hmm. That's the way things work. Was there any kind of murmurs before it actually happened? We'll move on from this because I know you probably... Well, look, no, 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 that's fine. It's a, it's of interest and it's insider stuff. I mean, I think it's of interest anyway. Your 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 listeners will tell you whether it's of interest or not. <laughs> but uh, look, Rogers, in fairness, I guess, has uh, five or six, I think it's sports channels, right? Sportsnet 1, Sportsnet 2, all these sports channels. They bought the NHL package in which they spent... God knows how much money on they have uh, their internet properties, their streaming properties. And all of this, all of these properties, all of these things rely on sports to be played, right? The Toronto Blue Jays, the Toronto Raptors, they own MS, MLSE. The first problem they had was they didn't have sports ha happening for months. So they didn't have anything to run on their, on their platforms, on any of their networks or any of it. So they can't sell revenue for it. A second of all, they don't have the streaming capacity anymore that people aren't pushing out through their streaming, through their sports. So they're losing out on all their sports packages that they'd be selling. People are canceling data. On and on it goes. Thirdly, they're paying their employees big money who in many cases are unionized, people who operate cameras and, and control rooms and producers. And, and you don't want to let these people go either because then you might not get them back, right? So they had to carry all of that. They had to carry the, the millions of dollars in Toronto Raptor salaries although they got some of that back because they had somewhat of a season. The Toronto Maple Leafs couldn't win a Stanley Cup playoff series to save their lives. If the Leafs could have won, could have gone two or three rounds, seriously, it would have made the company a lot of money. So they lost a lot of money. Plus, add to that in the local market here and in local markets, advertisers were, were dropping off the cliff as well because all the small businesses and what they were going through. So compound all of that, to me, it was a, I was hoping that the company would not take the axe out and, 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 and slash, but they did. I saw it coming, I guess. So I received an email on a Monday evening, and you never want to get emails in the evening from, from your boss and for the corporation, because generally if they send an email out in the evening, there's a reason. And of course, the email had invited me to a virtual phone call with my boss, and the other person who was invited on the, on the call was somebody from HR out of uh, Toronto. So once I saw that, I said, well, obviously they're getting rid of me because this is what this is about. And about eight of us in the company all received the same email and the same invite. And the next day, we one at a time, we were slowly let go. And uh, we were told we were done on the 27th. I was said uh, that I would have another weekend to do to, for programming for my show. At first, I didn't want to do it because it's tough news and you don't know that you're up for it. But then I kind of pivoted to I'd like to do my last two shows. And I'm glad I did. They were tough to do, but I got to meet some guests. So it was very, yeah, it was sudden. It was difficult. But was I completely shocked? No, absolutely not. I, 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 I was expecting it. You know, I don't want to write off News 95.7 because the team that's still there is fantastic. And maybe they'll see the small sample size that's still there and, and consider at least trying to regrow the brand. But 
you know, I, I just feel like what you guys were generating was just getting started. And, you know, you were there for two years, but I feel like you were just getting your, your cement, your feet, your feet. In, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? The weekend show had huge traction, huge ratings, huge yeah. ratings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's, I think yeah, it's because in the mornings when people are driving to work, there's so many options, but on the weekend, when you're sitting at home, you kind of want that. You were talking about that just summary of what's happened through the week. It's you always did a really, really good job of that. You know, Sheldon and Rick were living the day to day through the week, but you had Saturday to kind of unpackage everything that they talked about yeah. and some things that, like you said, personally interested you. Um, is that how the format for your podcast is going to be like similar to the radio show? I know you talked about this in your, your introduction, mm -hmm. your reboot, but uh, is it going very to be question. very similar? Yeah, it's going to be very similar to the radio show. I'm going to, I'm going to release on Wednesday. I'm going to release on Saturday morning. So there's going to be two a week and uh, it's going to be very similar. Just kind of, I'm going to do an opening segment. These are things that I've, that are on my mind. These are things I want to talk about. And then I'm going to tee up who I'm going to chat with and then a couple of guests and then an extra, but an hour. So something else. And if I mentioned this earlier, my apologies, I've got a couple of community radio stations that are going to broadcast my podcast, including the Cove. Uh, so anyway, it's, it's, it's an exciting opportunity to be able to, I mean, think about it 30 years ago, even 10 years ago, we couldn't do this, right? If you weren't on FM radio or AM radio, you didn't have the big players, you had no platform. You'd stand on the side of the road and yell and holler and scream, and that was about it. But now we have the opportunity. The downside is that everybody's doing it, so you cut through the noise, right? But, but I think that it's, it's overall, it's a win that we have the opportunity. So to answer your, your question, yeah, I'm going to look at the, on the Wednesday, I'm going to kind of look at the week that was Monday to Wednesday, and it could be the issue of the day. And then on the Saturday show, it'll be more of a weekly wrap type thing, wrapping up the week when, uh, and it'll be kind of similar to that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I, I self-produced my podcast. I was kind of explaining to you at the start how this trashy old Zoom uh, concept works, but it's, it's awesome because like I said, we get to look at each other and actually have a conversation, which. Yeah, I like it. You, like lose, you know, you lose the audio quality, but you know, it, it once it once I get the ball rolling, I think I'll have more video access. You know, I'm in my closet right now. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think I'll yeah. probably incorporate the video a little bit more, but I just feel yeah. for the yeah. quality of conversation. I would rather make eye contact than not have eye contact. Yeah. And and that I find yeah. brings out more personality and more honesty in a conversation. So in terms of production, you mentioned that you had somebody that produces your show. Yeah, he's in Moncton, yeah. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine, Andre Barrio. Yeah. In terms of that, you guys were a team with your last show, if I'm not mistaken. When you were we were, yeah, yeah. How important yeah. is it having we an were, extra yeah. set of ears before the general public hears a show? Yeah, so, no, it is. It is great to have an extra set of ears, and he's and he's a former journalist as well. It's invaluable because uh, obviously, when you're one person, you only have your own perspective, and sometimes you may not, you may not think may, things may be uh, taken the way that they you were intended sometimes. So. So no, he's, he's really good. And um, so what I do is I record all my elements. We chat through the week. I record my, I record the elements here, including the interviews. This is what we did last time, uh, my segments. And uh, then I, I put them as best I can together. I do kind of a, kind of a rough edit, I guess, if you will. And then I send him the files. He uh, then cleans everything up, puts it all on one ex expanded, expanded uh, uh, wave, and then puts them onto the uh, onto our server, and away they go for download and and for so it's really he fine tunes, he really really cleans everything up completely. What he gets from me is about three quarters done, and then he finalizes it. So that's kind of the production 
process. It's really a good advantage if you can have two people. The disadvantage is, is that you need two people who work well together and are committed to, and it's not easy to find that sometimes. So if I had to survive on my own and get shows uploaded to the, to, to the I can do that. He's got me trained to the point where I can do it. My editing skills are decent. I'm, I use Audacity, same as you, we talked about earlier. But uh, I enjoy collaborativeness. I enjoy teamwork. I think it's important. If you can at all find a partner to be, to be involved, it's, it's always easier to row the boat with two people, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have people that just listen to it before I put it out to the world, you know, and they're just, you know, kind of yes men, if you will, not to, yeah. not to, you know, say that they don't know what they're talking about. But, you know, in terms of Zoom, you don't really get the best in terms of sound quality. So I don't really worry about how it sounds as much as how I actually edit and flow the conversation between yeah. the uhs and the pauses. And exactly. Like and in, t- in this day and age, with the pandemic, ironically, is, is that people are now accepting. I mean, you look, you look at CNN, CTV, we could go, they would take us right now as are this audio as is at, at a time before they would not have done that, right? But people are accepting that it's not about the, the perfect quality of the audio and the video is, is, is about the message, right? So we become accustomed to this type of shot. I mean, even uh, sports shows are, they're doing them out of their closets for goodness sakes. So, you know, that's just how it is. So I, I think that that barriers come down and I think it's good that it's come down. That said, I, I think if you're putting uh, as much as you can into creating the audio as best you can, great. But the content has to be, you can have the best, it's like a guitar. You can have the nicest guitar on earth. If somebody can't play it, it's just a piece of wood sitting in the corner with strings on it, right? Conversely, you can have a crappy guitar. But if somebody can play it and they make it sound, they're going to make that thing sound good and they can entertain a drunk crowd, some people sitting around having a good time. They're going to like that guitar, right? Same thing. That's a great answer. That's a great yeah. answer. Speaking of guitar, how long have you been playing for? Because you, uh, you put down some riffs, brother. Yeah, that's true. I do. Oh, but since I was very young, 12, I think when I picked up my first guitar. Awesome. So did you just teach yourself? Did somebody in your family kind of inspire you? Like, where Well, you yeah. Yeah, I guess friends. You know, I, I was, I'm 51. So I kind of grew up in that era, you know, in the shadows of Zeppelin and all those guys. And, and uh, Hendrix was dead, obviously, by then. But no, I just, it's funny, because when I was a kid, you, there was no YouTube and any of that stuff. So you only learn from your friends and if you could come across somebody that could know that knew a riff, you'd be like, Oh, teach me that riff. Right. So it was, and listening to albums, listening to music, just trying to pick it out by ear. So we knew a lot of stuff about three quarters, right. And just not quite right. And that's how I play a lot of stuff. Still. It's like, you're not doing that exactly. It's like, I don't care. That's how I learned it when I was 15 off the album it was the best I could do. I didn't have YouTube then. So too bad. So if you'd get a music book or whatever, we just, we just did the best we could, man. That's all we did. But it's all about, uh, it's all about enjoyment. I, I love playing music. Love it. So did you guys ever form a band or did you just kind of like play in your room? No, I've played in lots of bands over the years. Did a lot of gigging, a lot of gigs. I haven't gigged in a while, but uh, yeah, no, a lot of gigging, a lot of, a lot of playing in bands. I did a ton of that stuff. Not as much anymore. I've kind of gotten away from it a little bit, but I still, all I got my guitars all lined up behind me here. So. I still like to do it, man. Still a kid at heart, but that's we're all rockers at heart, right? That's what we want to be, rock and roll stars. We want to play center field. We want to be hockey stars. We're all just never quite grow up. That's all and how it goes, right? I see that uh, Yankee logo on your chest. How long have you been a fan of the evil empire? Yeah, if you will? indoctrinated from the earliest ages, man. My dad was a Yankee fan. Yeah, yeah. No, who recently died? 
God love him. Uh, but I was indoctrinated as a Yankee fan since the, my earliest memories were watching ball, listening to baseball on the radio. Baseball is the best game in the world, in my opinion. Period. And, and I love that you just said that. You know, that's how I got into radio was Sunday night baseball. And, you know, with uh, um, yeah. Joe Morgan just passing away a couple of months ago, it literally yeah. brought back all my memories of my youth tweaking with the AM radio to get 1050 to somehow work, depending on where you were and what direction you were trying to turn your little radio. Yeah, those are some of my earliest memories. And, you know, you say it, baseball is the best sport. You know, I, I you see the soccer stuff and, and I love basketball. I got a football hat, you know, I, mm -hmm. sports is my life, but there's something so peaceful and tranquil about baseball. And, you know, it, it's wonderful you shared that with your father. I mean, me and my dad, we uh, we grew up watching every sport together. And those were some of my favorite memories, man. So it's it's wonderful you got to share that with your father. And I apologize for your loss, man. I'm so sorry yeah, to hear that. Um, it's OK. I remember reading that and, and uh, you know, you, you did amazing on the air after the fact too. And you know, that, that can't be easy. So much respect to you. Thank um, you. Before letting you go, my man, I just let the people know, you know, the Todd Vino show, it's coming back. Where can they hear you? I know you said you weren't exactly social media savvy, but where can they connect with you? Most I'm of becoming more social. I'm becoming more social media savvy. Though. Well, I guess this is the before yeah. after, right? Like this you have no choice on right. that too. That's right. ToddVinoShow.com is the first place people can reach it. Again, ToddVinoShow.com. So uh, also uh, on, on all, like they can reach out to me on, on Facebook. It's posted on Facebook. So if people aren't friends with me on Facebook, certainly reach out to me. I accept almost all friend requests unless they look too sketchy. Uh, you know, sometimes they get those sketchy ones, right? You know, what's going on? I was worried that was going to be me when I asked you to be my friend on Facebook. <laughs> no, that's right. No, not at all. But uh, Todd Vino Show, people can reach out to me. I post everything on social media. Twitter, if people don't follow me on Twitter, uh, at Todd Vino. And I push out all the links, all of that. So again, Google search Todd Vino Show. Because right now when people search Todd Vino Show, they're getting still getting the News 95.7 Todd Vino Show. That's the first search, which I'll be working on it as well to get all of that fixed up. So ToddVinoShow.com is where you'll find the, the and then uh, if they want to search it on iTunes, they want to search it on Spotify, they want to search it on Google Play, uh, Stitcher, all of these platforms, whatever they, however they consume podcasts, Todd Vino Show. And uh, again, social media, send me social media requests, follow me on Twitter. And um, just the only thing, my only holdout on social media has been Instagram. I just, I just don't want to go down the Instagram road. I don't know why, but I just can't do it depending on you can curate very well with instagram i find you can mm -hmm. really really engage yourself the way you want to and uh you know reach out to people i find it's a little more accessible than facebook you know the yeah. dm system i find is a lot more like texting rather than the whole yeah. messenger thing on facebook but no it's it's a uh, it, it's wonderful to hear brother that you're going to be back, man. My weekends are going to be normal again. And hopefully when the sponsors start rolling in and things get back to normal, it'll be a, a regular day thing. And, and maybe I'll take my ears away from the radio. And I was nervous all day preparing and <laughs> about what we were going to talk about. And uh, I am just absolutely honored that you were taking wow. this time out to, to speak to a little podcaster like me, man. And so, you did a great job. You do, you're doing a great job, man. Nice interview. I felt really relaxed. And I think we had a good exchange. Nice job. I, I tried to learn from you, my friend. So <laughs> thank you. You're so natural, much. Chris. You're going to be taking my job. So it's going to happen. <laughs> I hope not. Maybe, you know what? Maybe one day we'll be working together. You never know. There you go. Nice work. Hey, buddy. I look forward to it, man. You take care, Todd. I appreciate you, man. Thanks, brother. All right.